Welcome to Disclaimers Aside, a podcast where I share the raw and honest stories of people in my community, Disclaimers Aside. I'm your host, Aisada Amadou, and let's dive into the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to another podcast episode. Today I'm really excited because I'm having my wonderful friend and podcaster, Gory, on the podcast today. Gory Balad is a longtime friend. We've known each other. I've known her since middle school and we'll get into like how we first met and our first impressions of each other once we start recording. But I've known her for quite a long time and I wanted her to be my first guest on this podcast because she actually has her own podcast called On The Go With Gory. I was her first guest on her podcast and so this is very much a full circle moment. Let me describe Gory for you guys. She is extremely wise and mature. She is the friend that is the glue. She's one of the most hardworking people in my life and she genuinely cares about you know, her passions and like the people in her life and what she's doing. So I'm so excited for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy. So today I have Gory Balad back in the studio. This is actually our second time recording this episode. I was just telling Isata before, on my podcast, I always have audio issues. So I feel like it's only right for me to have audio issues the first time through when, you, I have, when you're on my pod, or I'm on your pod, my bad. I'm actually glad to have this conversation again. First time was like the rehearsal, and now we're actually like getting into it again. Our check-in question for the week, hopefully we'll get a different response today, seeing as like we just passed the holidays and all of that. But how are you doing this week? I'm doing really good. I It was really nice to meet friends in the past few days, meet some family, and just you know, have some good quality time, let go of adulting for a few minutes, and just relax. Feel like a kid again. I agree. It's really nice to be surrounded by family and friends, especially like coming from, you know, first quarter for me, first semester for you of college, where we're constantly surrounded by people that we don't really know. Exactly. Yeah, it feels good to be back in your comfort zone. And it's like nostalgic. Some things are just nostalgic. Honestly, like the roads that I drive on, not to be, not to get deep, but like, I'll be driving somewhere and I'm like, these are my old stomping grounds. I know. And it's like before I left, I don't know about you, but before I left for college, I remember driving these exact roads and thinking, oh, I can't wait to see new views, new sights. And then now that I'm back, it's like, oh, like I remember when this and this happened here. Funny story. So I actually had the same thought, by the way, before going to college, I was like, I'm gonna when I come back next time I'm gonna have a whole new set of experiences and memories but um recently I was driving I think my mom asked me to go to Trader Joe's or like some errand you know when you're driving and you kind of space out in a good way <laughs> like you're just kind of like in your own head and then I ended up driving to our school without knowing I just kind of like let the car kind of take me and end up going to our school like just muscle memory I ended up like getting there and I'm like uh what am I doing here? (laughs) And then it took me a second to realize. I was like, oh my gosh, it just kind of like old habits picked up right away. And it's crazy because our school actually looks very different because they decided to finally, you know, revamp the school and build this really nice science building right when we left. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. All of that was like signed and approved quite literally like in the peak of our like senior year and the construction began 
right as we graduated. <laughs> we walked out the door and they walked in with the construction. No, it's crazy. So what is an intention you want to set for the next week? We are kind of in this in-between period of like the holidays and New Year's. And I saw a TikTok literally this morning actually about how these next few days are like days that you don't really know what to do with your life, right? Because you're on vacation, you have no responsibilities. But now is like the perfect time to kind of start gearing up for the new year and getting yourself in that right mindset. That's the exact direction that I have my attention set for this week. Um, I think that I've taken, you know, a week off of being completely burnt out and all over the place and just completely amped up with so much energy due to finals and traveling and stress. I feel like I am recentered now and I feel much more grounded. I'm going to channel this energy now into walking into the new year with positive energy, positive vibes, and really hoping to start off this year strong with good habits. I just actually started my new bullet journal for the new year and I'm setting that up. Ooh, congrats. But yeah, thank you. These six days are filled with me setting up my bullet journal, resets, like cleaning up my room, cleaning up the house, closet, things like that to really reset my life so that I can start off 2022 clean, fresh and ready to go that's really good and that's that's definitely a really important process to kind of get yourself in the habit of especially when you you have so much time these next few days so i want to get into kind of how we met what was your first impression of me when we first met my first impression of you although i don't remember the exact day that we met I remember that you were so kind to me, of course, because I had just come from a charter school. So coming from a charter school to a public middle school, okay, like public school is one thing, but a middle school, like you know how middle school kids are, so crazy. So coming from such a, you know, disciplined, strict school to more of a, I, I want to say creative, but it's so diverse school was definitely a cultural shock that was kind of interesting but it was really nice to meet you know such open-hearted people and such kind people like you and also our mutual friend Sophia who kind of was like the middleman in, in us meeting each other right yes I remember we were kind of introduced by our mutual friend Sophia who I had known uh from like I had known of her like sixth and seventh grade. We didn't really become close until eighth grade. I remember, I definitely remember meeting you for the first time, I think either in Spanish or zero period PE, one of those two. I remember too because I had a whole schedule situation and I ended up joining zero period second semester of eighth grade. But before that, I got switched into Spanish and I would be studying before school and stuff with Sophia and I think you would also be there studying and that's how we kind of got to know each other and then we ended up did we take English together yeah uh wait in eighth grade or or freshman year of high school no no no, that was freshman year my bad my bad my memory is tricking me no it was a while ago it was it was a hot minute ago but um we had PE or we had PE in Spanish and I know we'd be talking about like those common classes and stuff and from there I mean the rest is history yeah I remember we definitely got closer in high school freshman year of high school we both took honors english one together which was a beast in and of itself that's literally an understatement that class was traumatizing but for the best because i think it really set us up for good habits and good study habits um that we carried forward we would do the most work in that class like i remember very vividly one of my earliest memories was like facetime calls after school of us books in hand like going page by page through our annotations through our annotations isata who goes through their annotations 
page by page, paragraph by paragraph. I don't know what we thought high school was. I don't know. We had a little bit too much time, <laughs> but we were doing. We were really doing the most. I remember we would come back from school and I'd be like, "All right, I to school gets out at two forty-five. My dad's probably gonna pick me up at three o five. I'm probably gonna get home at this time. Then I have to eat something, and then." if I take a phone break, but at this time I'll be ready to like go. We'd be so on the tee with that. And then we'd like dedicate maybe 20 minutes going through our annotations and then go through these study questions, which were optional, by the way, completely optional, but we'd still go through them. Yeah. And over the years, we haven't had too many classes together, but I feel like we've definitely managed to stay in touch. Absolutely. I feel like personally in my life, some of the closest friends I have many times don't have same classes. Many times we don't even have common classes at all. But it's just like the friendship that has stayed throughout. And it's like every single time we meet, it's like nothing has changed. Those are some of the best friendships, in my opinion, where you can literally pick up exactly where you left off and just have like an hour long conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought initially that like coming back from college, like conversations with our friends, which we haven't spoken to in months would be initially awkward. But I mean, time flew by. Recently, we caught coffee a few days ago. And we spoke for two hours. Girl, I did not notice how the time went by. Yeah, time really flew. Because there's so much there's so much to catch up on. Like, you change a lot when you go to school far away. You do, yes. But at the core, you're still that same person. So there are, like, similarities and differences. Absolutely, yeah. And it's really fun to share those experiences that you've, you know, been through. Because it's funny how many common stories we had together right i would have a story and you'd be like oh my god the same thing happened to me or like a variation of that happened to me and i I think that's the coolest thing it's like we're living the same life but in a different font you know exactly and i feel like that leads us into the next the next question so before we get too deep into this interview i want you to give the audience kind of a two-minute elevator pitch about yourself okay all right here's a secret the first time we recorded this i had a few bullet points But those bullet points are now gone off of my computer. (laughs) So this is coming straight from the heart. I feel like you're a recruiter for a company right now. No pressure. No pressure at all. Hi, you guys. My name is Gori Balad. I am a current second year in aero and astronautical engineering at Purdue University. I am working on some research related to CubeSats and small satellites, working with NASA and Blue Origin, hopefully to launch in 2023. I also have a podcast called On The Go With Guri where I talk about my life, I interview guests, um, professionals. Um, I also recently started a YouTube channel where I vlog um, and document my daily life in college. I also post music. I love composing, performing, and doing covers of songs on the piano. I love playing the cello. Um, I was part of the orchestra as well in high school. And yeah, that's where my social media side is at right now on the free time i love going to the beach whenever i'm back home i love spending time with family and friends and i just like making good memories wow you have a really well-rounded well-balanced life thank you (laughs) like i'm still in shock you do a lot i personally divide my life into three very generalized sections One of them is my professional, like, career, academic side. Another one is my self-care, you know, health, fitness side. And the third side is my self-projects. In that falls YouTube, podcasting, reaching out to different companies, interviews, whatever. And then in my um, health and fitness, it's, you know, working out, 
taking care of myself. And then on my academic side, it's school and work and stuff like that. And I, I just kind of like divide my life up right now in this stage of my life into three different categories. And that's how I channel my energy. Now, that's really good that you you can kind of divide your life into those three categories just because I feel like balance is something very important to find in your life and it's something that I'm trying to work towards. I don't even think that you ever truly perfect the art of balance because when you may think that you have gotten it down, there's external factors like you're living in the world, right? Nothing is certain in the in this world, in this earth that we live in. So I feel like the second you have it down, maybe another factor comes into play and then you got to manage that in. So it's an ever-growing, you know, path to reaching whatever balance is. Yeah, and I think that definitely does speak to the fact that, like, in life, there are definitely seasons of things. So there'll be a season where you'll focus maybe more on, you know, content creation and, like, self-development. Maybe another season you'll focus more on health and wellness, but just constantly at least having those other factors of your life in the background is very important. I really like the way that you said season because um, it's it really is like that. You kind of have phases, but I like the word season because it shows how there's, you know, it's ever going. There's a next season. There's something else. You know, it's changing. It might say the same. You never know. So I like it. So disclaimers aside, what is one unpopular opinion you have? One unpopular opinion I have is that I personally just don't think that chocolate and peanut butter are worth the hype that everyone puts them up to be at. Okay, hear me out, hear me out. I love chocolate. I love peanut butter. They're great. But I'm, I just don't understand, I don't understand, like, the fast, like, I know people who eat peanut butter with a spoon out of the jar, and to each their own. Personally, I don't have an insane desire to eat chocolate like that with that kind of passion that is wild to me because Reese's are my favorite chocolate on the planet I love I love chocolate and peanut butter that's my favorite combination this is like a personal attack to you right now so what inspired you to initially start a podcast like what would you say was your push in that moment I would say that the pandemic was honestly the biggest push to start my podcast i started it in june of 2020 and the fact that i wasn't i had first of all i had a lot of free time on my hand as did everybody else those few months especially at the peak or the start of the pandemic and i think the fact that i didn't have to see people the day after at school or i wouldn't have to see the people that i was afraid of judging me the next day and poking fun at me i think that was my biggest push I love to talk. You can ask my parents. My elementary school teachers always told my parents I was quite a chatterbox. Um, I've wanted to start a podcast since the beginning of high school, but every time I would kind of bring it up slightly into a conversation, some people would kind of make fun of be like, yeah, and what you talk about this, this, and this. Like, they would kind of like make fun of me, right? Or like, are you trying to be Oprah or something? Like, I don't know. There would be some jokes and I'd be like, haha, no, I'm just kidding, but not really, but just kidding kind of thing and then in the pandemic i'm like why do i care what other people think i'm not going to see them tomorrow quite literally i'm not going to see them tomorrow the only people in my life right now are the people that i care about who push me forward and correct me where i'm wrong and that i want in my life 
So honestly, just go for it. And then I, I did it. I literally just, that was my mentality. No, I have to say that is one of the beauties of the pandemic. The pandemic had good, bad, and ugly aspects to it. But one of the beauties of the pandemic was that it gave a lot of people the time and space to pursue things that they might not have had the time and space to pursue things otherwise. It definitely, I think, helped out with a lot of content creators in like growing their platforms. Yeah, it was a digital era because in-person things were called off. That was the only thing that we had internet and the social media and the entire digital world was, you know, your playground. Another thing too that I like that you kind of touched on was it is really difficult being in an environment where you are constantly faced by so many opinions like every single day. Like sometimes I think back to high school, how much I allowed myself to like care about what other people thought. Because I definitely relate to what you said. I started my YouTube channel like sophomore year of high school and like I kept that a secret. Like I uploaded my videos didn't tell anyone people would find out but for the most part like I never talked about it because I didn't want it to become like anything like I didn't want people to know you know because you're you're scared people will think that you're I don't know I I was under the impression that if people found out like people would think oh like she's self-centered or yeah absolutely but it's a form of expression is what people don't realize. Absolutely. I think you you nailed it in explaining it because even now, well, I I just quite just a few months ago started my you started back into vlogging. But in sophomore year or junior year, I believe, I posted these two videos on YouTube and I remember vividly walking after school to the hill behind the English cl- classrooms and I saw there was a circle of my friends and then I go over there and they literally have my video pulled up on multiple phones. And they were laughing. And I was like, oh, that's so funny, you guys. Haha. Ha. And then I went back and then I completely privated those videos. So you can't find them anymore. And maybe that's for the best because the quality of my videos were mm, questionable. <laughs> but it was a start. And from there, that was like, I, I really, I just stopped. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I finally, you know, in college, I was like, why do I, I go to a school with 50,000 people why do i care what these people think there's so many people in this whole entire world who are gonna support me so even now i don't really like advertise my videos just because i i personally don't feel comfortable all the way there yet but i it's like i want to grow on social media but i don't want the people that i know to see you know (laughs) i don't know how to explain it i don't know yes Okay, that was a hurdle that I had to definitely like overcome. When I started my YouTube channel, I actually didn't have Instagram and I didn't get Instagram until like a year or two into my YouTube channel. Oh, whoa, okay. Yeah, because my mom did not let me have an Instagram until I was 16. That's a whole another story. It was kind of the same. I, I think I got my Instagram when I was like a freshman in high school or something like that. But like I had this a similar rule where like no Instagram until you're a little bit older. Honestly, I'm glad because I feel like I'm not nearly as addicted to social media as I would be if I had it at a younger age. Also, did you really miss out? Like, what did you miss out on? Like, nothing. No, that's another thing. Like, I remember before I had Instagram, I wanted it so badly. I was so mad. I thought I was missing out on the world. And then I got it and I realized I wasn't even missing out on much. Yeah, 
it's just overhyped maybe that should be my unpopular opinion honestly so i got instagram a little bit into my youtube channel but even when i got instagram i was very afraid to start like posting about having a youtube channel because i very well much knew that as soon as i started posting on instagram all of the people that i went to high school with would find out that i had a youtube channel i didn't want it to be a big thing believe it or not even though i'm a content creator i really don't like attention on me i didn't want people to think oh she back to what i said i didn't want people to think i was full of myself putting my entire life on the internet to like show off in any way if that makes sense it's scary it's scary and i feel like on my end the reason why it was a bit easier to start a podcast is because i'm not putting my face up on the internet so it was just me behind a computer and a mic just talking from my heart so it was a little bit less intimidating but when you have your face on the internet and you're documenting your life and you're editing it and everything like that i think it's a whole you know set of challenges and obstacles that you kind of have to go through exactly i think one thing that helped for me is i remember i voiced these like opinion like these concerns to my mom once and she told me oh so you want like random strangers on the internet to watch your videos but you don't want like your classmates to watch and I was like exactly but I didn't realize that a lot of people first of all don't really watch YouTube or care number one and number two I kind of learned to look at it through my perspective which my perspective is that if anyone like that I went to high school with that I currently go to school with or anyone that I know starts a YouTube channel I'm so excited. I'm so happy to see their content, to see them kind of like document life wherever they live. Like a shared experience that we might have, but from a different perspective. Yeah. Is how I look at it. From a different lens. Absolutely. And I remember when I talked to you about getting into vlogging and we were talking about that, you were so supportive of me and it made me feel so good about myself in that like, okay, hey, this is something I can definitely do. Very you know on a basic level just recording from my phone and editing on iMovie very like standard things and you gave me the confidence to go because I know that you've been through all of this and you started where I was at one point in time even though that was five years ago four years ago so it's it's I think it's you're a really good person to talk about all of this with yeah I think what I've learned over the years is like people fall into three categories a majority of people fall into the first two categories of like Number one, they don't really, they're not social media people. They don't watch YouTube. They don't care. Number two, they care and they're really, really supportive, whether they show it or not. Like they're watching your videos and they love it and they're here for you. And then number three are the people that have something inside of them that is making them be negative towards you. That's their problem. And at the end of the day, you just need to stay away from those people and not have those people in your life because you only, life is too short to have people in your life mm -hmm. that are not fully supportive of who you are and your passions as a person. Agreed. Snapping right now because you nailed it. Now to move on from that side tangent. You started in June of 2020. How would you say, besides kind of like what you touched on already, did the pandemic really impact the launch of your podcast? I mostly hit the main points, which was not, you know, seeing the people, not seeing people who would uh, potentially judge me the next day. It was a big confidence booster, which is, I think, what I needed to post on the internet. I think also the fact that we were all going through kind of the same things at the height of the pandemic the fact that there was like this common anxiety and this unknown about the coronavirus although we've learned so much since then at that point in time we we really had no idea you remember when everyone was like rushing to buy toilet paper 
Oh my gosh. It was such a scary point because we didn't really know the extent of where this was going. It felt like an apocalypse. <laughs> there was no cars on the road. Whenever there were people would be like muzzled up with these like so many masks, goggles. And I, I know when I, when my parents initially, when dad first went to Costco, oh my gosh, he was like wearing gloves. He was wearing sunglasses as well. And I don't ask me. And then after he came, we put all our groceries in the backyard and then we were like hosing down things we could hose down and then wiping everything down twice through. For the next three days, we were kind of anxious of like, you know, make sure we didn't pick up anything. We didn't know how coronavirus was passed. There was so much anxiety and unknown that I feel like we were all feeling the same way. And I think that kind of common emotion and feeling really made it easy to talk about because everyone could relate if that makes sense i definitely agree i definitely agree i feel like in that period of time when we were so we were spending so much time indoors people had a lot more time and space to consume content as we kind of talked about before so i know for a fact like i remember specifically i remember i was watching like alicia marie's vlogs and i remember she would post like every day at the beginning of the pandemic because she knew that people were watching yeah especially teenagers who need in this day and age with that constant stimulation there you go um tiktok catered right to that and what's a better time than kids like having nothing to do all day can't go out I know you said this earlier um, when you said coronavirus has its good, bad, and ugly. But I think in terms of social media, they knew, the creators knew that people are going to eat it up. And this is the peak time. And so many people grew. People have grown like millions of followers and subscribers since then. Because I, people were experimenting and, you know, giving those YouTubers or those creators that you were like, oh, I need to check them out one day. Like, this was the time that you were going to check them out. And you fell in love with your niche so when you started your podcast would you say your family was supportive or were they hesitant i think that initially they were supportive primarily because i was done with my senior year of high school i had a few months off i college was kind of decided so it n not necessarily was taking away from my main academics and that i wasn't getting like distracted which is i think one of my parents biggest concerns that i don't get distracted from my main goals so that was definitely a help, um, helpful like contributor to them allowing me and being open to it. Also, the fact that I wasn't putting my face on the internet was a bit more... It helped. Comforting? Yes, exactly. Because the internet is a scary world. Social media is a scary world. You don't know who's on there. And it's very easy to be a target to hate and like not good comments. So I think at the beginning, it was like nice to... Be a little bit anonymous even though my name's plastered right in my podcast <laughs> it's a little bit nice to be anonymous and not be able to see you know who is speaking and later on i ended up recording my face in it and i ended up posting some clips on youtube when i became a bit more comfortable with the whole and i gained some sort of an audience so yeah i think it just took time but to anybody who is going through the phase of talking to your parents and making them feel okay i think it's important to be patient but also see from their view what they might be thinking and have answers prepared for what they might be asking and also respectfully have like backup plans they're concerned about your privacy okay well make sure okay maybe i cannot post my face i don't have to make it a video podcast they're afraid for it being a big time commitment well you can modify it this way i think by having like a mature conversation with your parents it can really make that whole process a ton easier you have to remember that a lot of the times your parents are coming from a different generation like this is something that we've grown up 
in the backdrop of but for our parents this is something newer and things that they've never seen before so it can seem very scary and the reality is that the internet is a dangerous place it's a beautiful place to be in but it has the potential to become something dangerous, something scary. Really coming to the table with a lot of research and approaching it with a very like understanding perspective because your parents at the end of the day, they worry because they care about you. I think it's if if not your parents who, you know, I mean, although there are so many people in your life who are there for you, at the end of the day, your parents are really there to make sure that nothing goes wrong. And if it does, how can they help you out? Everyone's life is a little bit different, but I think at least my parents i i always send my videos to them before i post anything to make sure that like i didn't say anything i didn't slip up because although they may understand what my intentions are they can't say the same for the rest of the world so i gotta make sure that it sounds all correct it's it's all it's all good because it is a very brutal world out there your parents will will give you criticism and tell you things that other people won't so it's important to have your parents in your corner and supportive of whatever endeavors you're doing because I don't know about everyone else, like the other content creators in the world, but like my parents are the people that I go to for advice a lot of the times, even though they are a couple of generations older. Um, you'd be surprised how much insight that they have, how they'll look at the way that social media, the internet is, you know, coming from more of an outside perspective. So take me through the process of actually starting. How long would you say it took to get your feet off the ground the whole point of my podcast was to be a self-initiative like project right so i wanted to be fully me i'm creating like the ideation process is me i'm doing the content creation process and then the editing process and then the posting advertising whatever is me so since it's only me i don't have to wait for other people for approval and like stuff like that so it's a little bit on your own time schedule which is nice especially in the pandemic since I had so much time, I was dedicating almost everything to the podcast, right? So that time frame was very exponential in my experience. So it took me maybe a few months of actually deciding to record to posting and stuff. You can choose to pre-record many episodes and then like slowly schedule them in an organized way. And I feel like that's the best way for good growth. But at that point of time, I was just kind of like, just go for it, just post an episode and see what happens kind of mindset. That's why I just kind of was a little bit more spontaneous with it. The Really, the only thing is sitting down and recording. I remember I started off with recording with Apple headphones with my iPad in my garage. And then I rehearsed my little episode so many times that it sounded so scripted after, but it's okay. <laughs> then I went to recording in my closet for better audio quality. It, it's just a process to find your perfect spot, if that makes sense. I later invested in some good mic, a good mic, which dueled as recording for the podcast as well as music. So that was a few months in when I realized that this is not just a phase, but it's something that I actually want to, you know, continue doing. Honestly, my secret of the podcast, which I'm happy to share, is I first go ahead and talk to, I first find a guest and then I have a little zoom sit down a little coffee chat with them T tell me about your life tell me what you're comfortable talking about tell me what is a no-go zone tell me what your message is for life if you had 30 seconds to tell the world something what would you tell them from there I take notes and I construct sort of a timeline or a chronological or, or some sort of flow chart 
with the questions that they've given or with the stories that they've given and sort of convert that into questions me to ask them as in, in an interview style from there i send that back to them and they approve it make modifications as needed and the next time we meet we're recording i really like that process um i think that people don't realize how much goes into actually starting a podcast i would say the easiest aspect of actually like starting a podcast is like sitting down recording and posting it's literally oh my gosh it's so true literally 10 times the amount of work goes into preparing and then you know processing post editing all of the the stuff you have so much research that goes into the episode beforehand that no no one really sees it (laughs) no yeah and i would say that is probably one of my favorite aspects of podcasting is like the actual research looking into the person you know coming up with the questions it's really really fun and rewarding aspect of podcasting because you learn a lot from your guests that's one of the coolest things is sometimes i'm like if, if even if no one's listening to my podcast I'm learning so much with every episode and I think if if not for anybody else it's such a good learning experience for me. That's one of the things where I think it is a very fruitful process because sometimes I think about like there's another route you can go with podcasting you can kind of go the Emma Chamberlain route where it's like a solo one show type person where you just record episodes by yourself and I actually contemplated going that route for my podcast but I thought it would be a lot more of a learning experience for me because you can bring on people that have different perspectives about the world and different skill sets. Exactly, yeah. And I'm kind of teetering that line of solo episodes and group, ep- like interview style episodes because I think it just depends also on like the point in life where you're at. And also scheduling with guests is very difficult, especially when you live in different time zones and college and stuff, which is a whole nother beast of itself. It's really interesting. You can make the podcast whatever you want. That's the cool thing because it's you. It's it's all about you and you make it what you want. I agree. And I think podcasting is still a pretty new landscape. Like it's definitely becoming more saturated with every year. So if you want to start one, start one now. But it is still a, a pretty new landscape. It's not like YouTube that's been here for at least a decade on. Yeah, I agree. I didn't know how many people were into podcasts. I started listening to podcasts my sophomore year of high school. I think, because I'd be in class. Oh my gosh, same. Really? Okay, yeah, I would, I would. I started then. What was your first podcast that you ever listened to? I think it was Emma's Stupid Genius episode. Uh, I think it was that one and then Tiny Me Gang. They had just started their podcast back then. Cody actually had his own podcast called Insanely Chill, um, which he discontinued. But then they ended up putting all those efforts into tmg that one with emma's and then emma ended up changing hers to anything goes later on i think only two years ago two three is it two years ago maybe really i didn't know that yeah so she had like a science podcast it was really interesting i liked it but i feel like her i mean nothing beats anything goes i think we both can agree on that but that one was more of like someone would propose like how do you think that this is done and then she would give her explanation of it what she thinks and then someone would like give the actual science explanation so it was like a good concept but i don't think that it was fitting for her yeah and i don't think a concept like that would have longevity for her brand either yeah exactly see right for her her brand style is completely different so it was a good like trial but i think in one of her episodes she says that like she liked it initially but she started falling out of love with it so that's really interesting my first uh podcast that i listened to was gals on the go <gasps> in 2018 oh i remember we talked about this 
Didn't we? Is this, that's with Danielle Carolyn. Danielle Carolyn and Brooke Michio. Carolyn. It's funny because when they launched their podcast, to me, podcasting was like very new in my head. And I literally thought you had to pay to listen to podcasts. Can you believe that? <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh my. Yeah, it was so new. Who Like, I mean, the most of podcasts I really listened to before high school was like audiobooks that were posted in a podcast format on Spotify. People do that. They just read books and then post it as a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I'd try it out that way. Or like small news segments. Would you say that you started off by kind of buying all of the equipment or investing as you went? Definitely investing as I go because I didn't know if podcasting was just a phase or just something that was temporarily, you know, trending. So I initially started off with recording off of Apple headphones and my computer or my iPad. And then from there, I ended up investing in a nicer mic. Well, despite the amount of audio issues I have, <laughs> it's the audio quality is good. I ended up getting a mic. My dad was one of my biggest people who pushed me to getting a mic investing in a mic because i also am into music so it makes it nice to record piano clips or voices and stuff like that so it kind of dueled as it but now i primarily use it for podcasting and it's nice i love it no that's really good i always recommend that people kind of start off with what they have and invest as you go because at the end of the day you don't know if something actually is gonna last and whether or not it's a phase. I, even like for YouTube right now, I'm just recording off of my phone and going on iMovie. But I'm sure that if this is something that I'm consistent with and something that like really brings me happiness, like continuously, like right now, of course it does, but I hope that energy stays with me. Then of course I would like invest in something like Final Cut Pro or like a nicer camera. But that's not something I'm, I would do right now just because like I'm still testing out the waters, you know what I mean? I think when you first start, you don't necessarily know your process too, because I remember when I first started YouTube, it was the era where people had ring lights, it was like heavily produced videos, and if I had bought all the equipment then in that moment, I would have bought a completely different camera, I would have bought a ring light, which I never use any type of artificial lighting. I use natural lighting almost 100% of the time. So I think waiting also just allows you to kind of figure out what are your needs because everyone has very specific needs when it comes to content creation. That's such a good point. Your style, you're still testing out what style of videos you're making. If you're making more sit-down videos, maybe a ring light and a, and a, a like a fixed camera is better. Whereas if you're doing more vlogging, like you do, like more like a college style. Well, you do both actually. But like, as for me, I do more of like a vlogging style videos. A ring light isn't going to be very helpful. I'm not going to be carrying that around everywhere. So maybe more of like a vlogging smaller camera is better so i that's a really good point no even down to like the microphone that you use for example i know you mentioned when i was asking you for advice on like what kind of equipment for podcasting you recommended i think a microphone that you said you use because it's good for music as well yes it like doubles right because of like the waves that the sound is absorbed it's like a cardioid so it's like a heart shape and so it makes it nice for surround sounds whereas sometimes like um is it called a I'm complete I had done my research like about a year ago. So um is it I eagle not igloo. Snowball not snowball either. What is it called? Blue Yeti. I know it's snow related. That, that that's like the only thing I know. Blue Yeti? Yeah, Blue Yeti. That's a very direct podcast. I'm not sure if that's cardioid too, but it's very direct. It's perfect for um podcasting. Yeah, the one that I use is the Blue Yeti. It's not the, there's a Snowball one, which is like a smaller mini one, but I have like the big Blue Yeti one. Yes, yeah. 
and i really like it that's that's a very common one too and it's really good i've heard only great things about it i know i even see sometimes youtubers will use it for voiceovers which i'm trying to do more voiceovers in my videos now that i have um, a good microphone if i remember while i'm editing this podcast i will have the links to these different microphones including the one that gory uses in the show notes at the end so check that out would you say the process of finding guests to record with has been difficult like do you experience a lot of no's i do there are a lot of no's especially when reaching out to people like strangers on the internet because first of all like i said it's a it's a scary world so who's gonna really say yes also nobody really opens their general dms on instagram which is my main medium of like asking people, inviting people. So it, to the people who do, which is maybe less than half, then they have to say yes. So it's a 50-50 from there. I think just reaching out to strangers is a little bit difficult at times because creators themselves are already so busy with the content and their own lives. So it's it's tricky, but that's why I started off with asking people in my lives or in my life already that I already know, um, which made it a lot easier because they already know me, they're comfortable with me, and it just made the whole process a ton easier. So asking people I already know, and then from there, on the side, I'll just shoot out a few DMs to people. Yeah, at the end of the day, you can't really lose out. If you don't ask, it's a no. So you might as well ask. Exactly. Literally, some some of the people that have I've gotten responses back from, I'm like, no way, I'm fangirling right now. Like, there's no way that you responded back to me. And it's like, Mostly YouTubers that I follow and creators my age or a few years older than me. And I'll be like, hey, I just want to talk to you. And then they'll respond back. And I'm like, no way. I'm freaking out right now. It's so cool. Literally such a cool experience. I'm sure. So what would you say was the most surprising aspect of starting a podcast? The amount of support that you get. At first, I was like, who's really going to even listen to this? 40 minutes of me rambling on. I don't even know if I'm being coherent and I don't know if my voice is being annoying and I really hope my audio is being recorded kind of situation, right? The amount of support I would get and also like I would go to a social gathering with people and they'll be like, oh yeah, I, I listened to your podcast. I really liked your interview with so-and-so and I'm like, no way. You spent, you took 50 minutes of your time and you listened to what I had to say. I appreciate that. No, yeah, I completely agree. Like if someone says they listen to your podcast, they're dedicated because that's like an hour of their time. They are. And I'll, I'll hear a lot of like, I didn't even know a lot of people were into podcasts, actually. I'll hear a lot of times, oh, I listen to podcasts in the car when I'm walking or I'm doing work. And I I saw your name and I, I like listened to her. I saw your name on LinkedIn and I listened to your podcast. And now I like I'm a regular listener. I think that's the coolest thing. I think honestly having people support you, which you wouldn't expect because you're not really telling a lot of people that's the most surprising aspect i would say so don't sell yourself short you know put yourself out there and if someone has something not good to say about your podcast that says more about them than it does about you i completely agree life is too short to be living your life under the lens of other people's opinions and other people's impressions of you especially as you're as we're getting older i'm realizing like you really truly can choose for the most part who you want to keep in your life and if someone's not supportive of who you are 
and your passions and like things that you genuinely care about, you know, maybe it's time to reevaluate. That's what 2020 has taught me. Why am I keeping people in my life that are bringing in only negative energy or are bringing me down? The whole point of having people in my life is that they would push me forward or correct me if I'm wrong or really just like energize me. So why am I keeping people who are not? Exactly. As a whole, how would you say moving to college impacted podcasting? Because you did move literally from California to Indiana, all the way across, like almost across the country. And college is such a new environment too. And it can be definitely hard as a content creator going through a transition period and also being expected to kind of keep up with like posting and stuff. It it made an impact, like I would say. I haven't posted an episode in a few months. I would say it's it was personally for me I was going through a lot mentally um, emotionally because of course I was moved away from my parents and my home and my friends I was making new friends I was dealing with college classes which I think is enough as it is I was trying to adult I was trying to cook for myself I was trying to you know there's so much so many small things that you don't realize you have to do okay here's one thing I had 7 a.m classes so you have to wake up at 6 every morning and 7 a.m yeah oh my gosh in person in person wow i'd have to take the 7 a.m bus uh at a class at 7 30 so i'd have to take the 7 bus it's just like in the cold and then you have to wake up on your own like sometimes in the winter months my parents would wake me up you know what i mean on days where i would like you know sleep in a bit more nope none of that otherwise you're gonna miss your class and <laughs> that's a part of your tuition that's going away so there was a big transition i had record i, I have been recording episodes though It's just the mental space that I was in, I was very vulnerable, like the things that I was talking about were very deep, and it was very reflective of how I was feeling, you know what I mean? So my content did a 180 from interviews and fun conversations to very deep, and that's not a bad thing at all, but I was just saying like, you know, you can see how that changed the direction of my podcast. I think that it's actually a lot harder than people expect to be vulnerable and actually post it, especially when you're like going through something. The last thing you want to do is pull out a camera or pull out a microphone, record. Like, yes, it's a release, but then also then posting that and knowing that people in your life are going to see that. Yes, especially people that you know. It's difficult. That's the part where I was like, I, I don't feel comfortable yet putting this out you know personally people some people are very open to posting whatever uh they feel but i just was not ready for that that's why i kind of took a break from podcasting i do have episodes recorded but i feel like it took a few months to get adjusted to my new life i think i I just deserved those few months to be off for a bit not force myself to be doing everything because i felt like i was lacking and i felt like i was you know not doing enough But I I think it's fair to give yourself a few months of a break and let yourself transition slowly and naturally. No, especially when you're going to college because it is such a big transition as we've kind of talked about. It's expected. You also just want to be able to kind of like live in the moment sometimes. So many firsts are happening. So many firsts. Literally even getting groceries for your own, for yourself for the first time. Or I, I was sick for a week, you know, having to take care of myself on my own, which was a lot. Also the time difference bro oh my gosh i forgot about that trying to schedule interviews with people in la because i would have classes and then when i would be free in the evening they would have classes i'm talking about one specific person i was trying to um talk to but a lot of people in orange county california la i would just be trying to like schedule something and it would just not work out because of the time difference 
So that was the thing. No, exactly. Like we were supposed to record this episode back in November. <gasps> oh my gosh, I remember. Early November. Yeah, early November. I think I reached out to you at the end of October because that's when I was like, okay, I want to do this. We literally had our Google calendars out. We were going through every single date. We were going back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> People's schedules are so busy in college too. They really are. And it's like things come up last minute. I feel like that's something about college that no one talks about. Because you're on campus, they can literally be like, we have a meeting in an hour and you have to go exactly no the other day i was about to take a nap and i get a, a text like a notification from this volunteer organization that i was in they're like yeah meeting starts in five minutes and i'm like what meeting <laughs> or like meeting is or meeting got canceled pushed 45 minutes forward or something like that and you're just like are you, it's so all over the place but just because you're on campus and it's accessible you can make those adjustments all the time people give heads up about meetings and stuff like two days in advance or maybe one day in advance and i'm like hello i have i have because i'm a big planner and my google calendar is it is there if anything happens in google calendar uh-uh <laughs> by any chance do you use notion okay i have i'm on and off about it i do not use it for my calendar but i use it for bucket lists or like to do to do lists i know that it could be used for so much more i just need it put some time in which is something that i have to do this break but i know it's so versatile i just need to put some time in and figure it out it's really cool i know they have like templates that you can use out there yes i love them personally use it right now for to-do lists but i've seen some people's notions and they look so cool yeah no people customize it really nicely and i really like that people put up their templates also online because it it makes that process a ton easier. I really want to get into it because it's really useful. People, you know, really take advantage of it. So what would you say keeps you motivated to continue podcasting? For me, podcasting is a self project, right? It's something that I created myself. I wanted to do it from my heart from the very beginning to the end, to, from the content creation to the, the ideation process, to the content creation process, to the editing process. It's all me. It's 100% me. And then to the posting and the advertising, it's me. And I feel like the satisfaction that I get after I post the episode and the, you know, the little like, good job, you did that. You just posted that. You did all of that. You know, it's such a relief and so much. Yeah, I get happy when I post an episode because I'm like, hey, one project down, like you did that. That's what keep that little like happiness and that satisfaction feeling at the end of every episode really keeps me motivated. And I, I yearn for that feeling each time i record an episode or like you know each time i'm doing another episode but um so that's one aspect that really keeps me motivated also just hearing other people you know be like oh i listened to your podcast or i liked when you said this or you know i like this but i also think that you could do this or i really want to hear you talk about this or what are your feelings about this you know like they're really interested and they're invested bro that's the whole point of it right i want to connect with people i want to put what i have to say out and i want to hear what they have to say back so that's what keeps me really motivated. The fact that things like this, like podcasting and content creation can start a conversation is such a rewarding aspect. Yeah, and I feel like you can say the same with YouTube videos, especially people reaching out to you in Santa Cruz about, you know, college or like asking you questions. I think that's so cool. It is. I'm curious, what are some of your favorite podcasts to listen to? <gasps> oh my gosh, I can go off right now. Currently, my all-time favorites are... Anything Goes by Emma Chamberlain because she's a queen. I could talk 
on and on about her currently have my spotify top podcast screenshot open right now by the way so that's something that i listen to when i'm in i'm going on a walk on my own and i'm sort of in the mood for something a little bit more calming a little bit more mentally like you know, a little bit more deep conversation right because i think she has a really good way with words she has a good way with words next i would say is the tiny me gang podcast by cody ko and noelle miller this is one of my favorite comedy podcasts i think it's i would say comedy but at the same time they talk about some pretty cool things like crypto or f1 or mma which are things that i wouldn't naturally like be really interested in except because of them i'm really interested in it you know what i mean they talk about it a lot and like fighting you know I, i wouldn't really be interested in that but because they talk about it so much i'm like I, you know, I kind of keep up with the whole fighting world now. And then F1, you know, they always talk about that. Now I'm I'm familiar with all of the drivers and the companies and how everything goes down. So I think that's really informative and they're so funny, bro. It's good to have a good range of podcasts. I also listen to Anything Goes. I really like Anything Goes. It's really good for like, as you said, when you're walking or driving, like a long walk and listening to Anything Goes episode. We talked about this the other day. It's so cool to just hear someone, as you said, our age, talk about things that are, you know, impacting her life that are very relatable. It sounds like you're literally listening to like a diary entry is what it feels like. I personally feel like whenever I'm listening to this and I think she captures this exactly when I'm having a conversation with her, or, or sorry, no, when I'm listening to her, I feel like I'm having a conversation with her, and I feel like I'm her best friend. I was listening to a podcast, um, Andrew Schultz's Flagrant 2. Andrew Schultz is a stand-up comedian, and he does it with Akash Singh. And Akash was saying in one of his episodes that I feel like podcasts are the easiest way to connect with your audience because you're literally talking to them in their ears. It's just you talking, and you feel like their best friend. So you feel like you're more connected to them than ever before because you're straight up just talking to them. So I love that about Emma's podcast. We're on first name basis, by the way. That's what it feels like. Here's the thing. I I literally said this the other day. This is probably an unpopular opinion, but I feel like Emma's actually a better podcaster than a YouTuber. Like I like her podcasts. I know, yeah, you did say this, yeah, yeah. I like her podcasts more than I like her YouTube videos. I love her YouTube videos. Don't get me wrong, even though I'm not the biggest fan of her new editing style which we also talked about a while ago but i think in her podcast it's just a different experience she gets really deep and really personal and she's also pretty well spoken like she's a really well-spoken person i agree i i completely agree which is why i continue listening to her there are a few other podcasts which i gave a shot to and i tried to listen to but it was just kind of difficult because although I would sometimes here and there relate to their content, the words that they were using, it just wasn't, you know, clicking with me personally. But I feel like Emma does, she just has a way with words, honestly. And the way she explains it is so relatable. Every episode, there's at least one point where I can be like, that happened to me. Or that's, ex- you put into words how I was feeling in my heart or in my head. Not to just go on about her podcast, but... Her episodes will be about the most random things. Like, I remember I listened to an episode on traveling. Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Oh, I loved listening to it. She'll talk about the most random things and make it entertaining. Like, an entertaining hour-long episode. She has so much to say, and I love it. So, for me, number one, Anything Goes. Number two, Tiny Making, TMG podcast. I've been listening to them since 
sophomore year. I don't know. Anyway, love them. Love them a lot. And lastly, CNBC's Tech Check. This is a podcast I listen to every morning on the bus just to kind of feed my brain a little bit of informative stuff, you know, right in the morning, primarily to talk about stocks and current tech going on, especially with the whole, you know, Facebook situation and everything like that. So even though I may not pick up on like 100% of what they're saying, it's kind of cool to be aware of what's going on in the tech world right now. Those are really great podcasts to listen to. And I think it's good to have like an entertaining podcast, a motivational podcast, and one that will also like stimulate your brain, whether that be listening to podcasts kind of about the news. Like I like listening to the New York Times daily podcast and the LA Times Daily Podcast. I think those podcasts are really great podcasts to listen to for news stuff because they're shorter episodes, but... Yes, that's exactly what I need, yeah. Yeah, and like when you're in college, like you don't have time to sit there and watch the news for hours. So having podcasts like that where you can just get a little bit of an insight into what's going on in the world so that you're staying grounded is really important. I need to get into more of that because although like I get a little bit of my, uh, you know, world exposure through Tech Check um, and TMG, I need to branch out a bit more. So I'll definitely be listening to those. So where can they find you on social media? Shout out all of your social medias and I will have all of these links in the show notes as well. I'll start off with my podcast because it only seems right. You can listen to On The Go With Gori wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as Anchor.fm. You can listen to it there. Um, You can also find me on YouTube at my name, Gori Balad. I post college vlogs, day in my lives, music content, and podcast clips, so that's kind of cool. You can also find me on Instagram at gory underscore blood which i still will have all in the description box below and thank you so much for being on the podcast today of course we had such a great conversation as usual i know oh my gosh literally always isita we can talk for hours on end and literally the conversation will never stop and there's never been a time where we've had a quiet moment like in a good way you know what i mean I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to follow Gory on all of her other social handles and to find all of the relevant links we mentioned, including some of the microphone equipment type stuff. I would love to hear any feedback you guys have on today's episode. So make sure to rate and review this podcast, especially if you have the podcast app. I'm sharing kind reviews over on the podcast Instagram, which if you're not already following it, what are you doing? Join the community. It's at disclaimers aside on Instagram. And if you're not already, subscribe and share this podcast to anyone you think would benefit from hearing today's conversation. I look forward to chatting with you all next time. My Bye.